What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of The Simple Man's Guide to the Good Life. Uh, again, when I'm recording these episodes, there's, there's no show notes, no script to follow. It's really just turn on the microphone and just kind of my musings. A lot of times the stuff I'm going to talk about are, you know, topics or things that are coming up in the week prior to me recording the podcast, um, things that I think I'm overcoming or working on that maybe can help you guys listening on the path to the good life. Uh, and that's that's kind of what this episode is about. Um, this episode, we're going to dive into anxiety. Um, not necessarily clinical anxiety. Uh, we'll, we'll touch on that, but more just the anxieties that most of us face in our daily lives in the modern uh, society we find ourselves in. Um, and we're going to talk about what anxiety really is how we can frame it to be something posi- positive for us, at least think about it in a positive light because we always think of anxiety as a negative thing, uh, and some tools to help regulate our anxiety. I'm not going to say mitigate or even do away with anxiety because I, that's not possible, nor do I think that's actually constructive, but having tools for us to intervene when we're having higher levels of anxiety, tools to help us understand why we're having the anxiety, I think are all beneficial things and things that can help us on this path to the good life. So why am I talking about this? Well, this past week, um, I had something happen that caused me some anxiety. And in my life these days, there's not many things that cause me anxiety. I'm, I'm, I've worked really hard through meditation, mindfulness, and all these things to be a very present human. And I do a very good job of that for the most part. But there's one area where I still get anxiety, and that's money. And I'm sure a lot of people listening can relate to this. Money is one of the number one reasons that people report having anxiety. Uh, I think especially with what we're experiencing now with you know inflation and all that kind of stuff, money's on the forefront of everybody's mind, but just paying bills, all that kind of stuff, right? And I had a situation where it was nothing crazy. And I think most people can relate to this too. Whenever you have like higher levels of anxiety, you look back on the thing that caused anxiety and you go, God, it wasn't even that big of a deal. But that's just how it works, right? That's how the brain works. It's funny like that. Um, but it was a money thing and it was not a big deal. Um, it was just a mistake that was made and needed to get taken care of. But in that moment, I started to recognize that this thing that had happened was causing me anxiety. And how did I recognize this? Well, it's pretty simple. When we're having anxiety, what, our thoughts move to the future, right? We're, we're forward thinking. We're thinking about events that are com- going to come down the pipeline. And there are things that have not happened yet. And nine times out of 10, we're catastrophizing, right? We're thinking about the worst case scenarios. It's it's, this thing happened that's going to lead to this, then this, then this, and then I'm going to be living in a van down by the river and that's it, man, right? And that that spiraling that happens, that catastrophizing, that's kind of like our internal chatter, what anxiety feels like. And then the more we think about that, The more our heart rate gets elevated, the more worried we get, and then the more we think about it. It's a negative feedback loop, right? But there are tools we can have to intervene when we are having this anxiety, when we recognize it's happening, right? And that's what we're gonna talk about here. So for me, I noticed this anxiety coming up, but I noticed it in my body first. And how I noticed it in my body first was for me, when anxiety is present, 
I feel two things. One is a pit in my stomach. It's, it's this like my stomach drops out. There's no way I can eat food, right? And that's partly becoming coming from when we have anxiety, our body is being pushed into a fight or flight stage. And when we get pushed into a fight or flight stage, the blood and the resources that would be in our gut to help digest food, et cetera, gets moved to muscles and cardiac tissue because our body thinks we're going to do something physically active or fight off a bear. When in actuality, all we're doing is spinning in our head. So that's, if you experience that when you have anxiety, that pit in your stomach, that's why. So just know that. It's a physiological response. But two, I also kind of feel like pins and needles. And that's the title of this episode, right? Pins and needles. It's this, if you've ever had that kind of like your arm is asleep feeling, I kind of have that like at a very low grade level all over my body. And it's hard to explain, but that's the best way I can explain it. And it kind of lets me know when I'm feeling that like, ooh, ooh, I have anxiety about something or there's something right now that I need to address that if I don't, it's going to start to cause me to spiral. I think this is really important for us to get in tune with how emotions make us feel or, you know, something like anxiety. How does it feel? How does it represent itself in the body? Because nine times out of 10, when we can get to that place, we can get in tune with our body, drop into our body. We can feel these things before they ever present themselves in our brain. And that's really big if we're trying to kind of intervene before we start spiraling with anxiety. So using the practice of like meditation, mindfulness, body scanning can be really big for you to start internalizing. How do, how do I feel? Not what am I thinking? Don't care what you're thinking. I care how you're feeling. So what I was noticing was with this situation was I was telling myself it's not a big deal. My God, this isn't a big deal. But I started to feel the signs of anxiety for myself, which is pins and needles, that pit in my stomach. And I go, oh, okay, I need to address this. Otherwise, I'm going to start spiraling. And when Sean spirals, Sean loses sleep. Sean can't do anything the rest of the day because all he's doing is catastrophizing about the future, right? And again, I'm sure everybody listening to this has had this happen at least once, if not more, right? And it's very rare when this happens to me, but it does. What I was able to do in this moment, though, was because I recognized how I was feeling, I was able to intervene before my conscious thoughts started spiraling, thinking to the future and catastrophizing. So this has to be step one for us to be able to intervene if we are somebody that's prone to anxiety, prone to catastrophizing. You just got to get in tune with your body first so you can pick up when this is happening before it's too late. Too late is dramatic, but you know what I'm saying. So that happened. What I was able to do then was to recognize, okay, I know what anxiety is. And let's define kind of like what anxiety is. Anxiety is our brain's way of telling us you need to take action. There is something that you're not addressing right now that needs to be addressed. And once you address it, it's quite possible, nine times out of 10, that anxiety will go away. Think about all the times you've experienced anxiety. 99% of the time, it's over something that you can take action. And it might not be perfect action, but there's something you could do to address the anxiety. And that thing might be highly uncomfortable, right? You might have to have a really uncomfortable conversation. You might have to make a really uncomfortable choice. But once you do, that anxiety goes away, right? That's really what your brain is trying to do 
when you have anxiety. It's trying to make you recognize, uh uh-oh, there's something here I need to take action on, and I'm not. So we feel anxiety, we recognize it, we go, okay, is there something I need to take action on here? And if there is, can I take action now? So luckily for me, when I recognized this, there was something I could take action with, and I did. And it was more or less resolved in that moment, right? Talk to the person I needed to talk to, set a time for the next day to resolve, simple. But I was still experiencing some small levels of anxiety because it wasn't fully resolved. I still had till the next day. And Sean of old, this low-grade anxiety I would have had until it got completely resolved would have caused me, like I said, to lose sleep, to just not be present with my coaching and my work. But I was able to use some of the tools that I have worked on over the past couple of years to help bring me back into a present state. And that's what I'm going to talk about here as well. If this is you, right, you're, you're experiencing some kind of anxiety, you're feeling it, you haven't gotten to the point where you're completely spiraling, you haven't lost control yet. One, ask yourself, is there something I can take action on even if it's uncomfortable? Do I know what needs to be done? One, take that action. A lot of times I can end it. Right there, boom, anxiety is over. I took action, it's over. Maybe the action was uncomfortable, but it's done. Thank you, brain, for telling me I needed to take action. That's what anxiety is for. Two, though, if you can't take action right away or it's not completely resolved, here are some things you can do that I have found have helped me mitigate my anxiety, not completely take it away, because again, I don't think that's possible, but at least put it down to a point where I can function, I can sleep, all that kind of stuff until the thing that is causing me anxiety is fully resolved. The first thing is going for a walk. And I know that sounds simple and it is, but when you go for a walk and you go for a walk by yourself or with your dog, no phone, no distractions, you're letting your brain do what it's gonna do while moving. And that is a great way for your brain to kind of just work through all of the different thoughts it needs to, all the catastrophizing, all of it. But because you're in motion, you're utilizing some of that fight or flight and it can help process some of those hormones and get them kind of used up and you can calm down a little bit. So it's two part. Psychologically, you're just letting your brain go. Just let it go. Let it do what it's going to do. But then physiologically, you're kind of burning through some of those hormones that otherwise are just getting pent up when you're just sitting there and you can't use them. And you can come back from that walk. And a lot of times you might find you have a strategy, you have a plan moving forward. Anytime I go on walks, it seems like I come up with something new or I think about something in a different way than I had it when I was just sitting around doing nothing. So that's step one. Go for a walk, 10, 15 minutes and see if that doesn't help. Another thing I did, so I went for a walk, meditate, right? Obviously meditation is big with me. I have a midweek meditation on this podcast and this isn't for everybody. I understand that everybody has a meditation practice and for some people, if you meditate, it's going to cause the problem to be worse. But if you can sit with your thoughts and I think doing this after the walk, because now you've been active and you kind of burn some of those hormones up can help a lot because again, it's just another place to be silent. Let your brain do what it's going to do internalize these thoughts, work through them, right? Don't avoid them. Give your brain a space of silence to work through it all. Don't be distracted. It can be another huge way to help if you're experiencing some anxiety. 
But I think the most important one, or not even important, the, the most beneficial one, the one that seems to help me the most, is pen to paper, journaling. journaling. Journaling specifically about the thing that's giving me anxiety or my thoughts. When you journal, you're taking all of that catastrophizing, all of that up in the air thinking in your brain, and you're putting pen to paper, and when you do that, you're able to work through all the different streams of consciousness you're having and work through any strategies you need to, come up with any game plan you need to, and you just you get it all out of your head. And then you're able to look at it objectively on the paper and go, okay, here's most likely what's gonna happen. Here's where I'm being silly, yada, da, 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 and you journal it out. And I cannot tell you how many times that has helped me when it comes to experiencing maybe some low level anxiety or some, something I'm scared about in the future. Again, that's anxiety, right? I'm nervous about. I journal it out and I go, oh, okay, that's not that bad. And even, even if it is, I wrote it out and I, I have a strategy for how I can keep moving forward even if it is as bad as I think it is. Because nothing ever is as bad as you think it is, right? I mean, think about all the times you've experienced anxiety and you've catastrophized about the future. You're like, oh, worst case scenario. Does it ever really turn out that way? Most likely not. I mean, every once in a while, maybe. But it never goes exactly the way you thought because that's not how the universe works. You're not Nostradamus, is my guess, unless you are. Hello, Nostradamus, if you're listening. <laughs> but realizing that every time you've ever experienced anxiety or fears of the future, did it ever really turn out that way? No, right? And that can help you, right? Journaling, doing something, you know, that takes you out of your head. You know, maybe if you play an instrument, play guitar, um, going for a hike, just things that get you moving, get you out of your head, are, allow, are able to get those crazy thoughts in your head, down on paper, whatever it might be, right? And these are tools you can use to intervene before you start spiraling, right? You recognize you're feeling like, ooh, there's some, some anxiety about this thing. I need to intervene here before it gets out of control. Go for a walk, meditate, journal, whatever it might be. Final tidbit here. If it's too late, quote unquote, you're spiraling, you're paralyzed by anxiety, which can happen, right? Recognize that what's going on here is that you are deep in fight or flight stage right now. And anybody that's ever experienced an anxiety attack or a panic attack, it, right, you, you feel like you're having a heart attack, you feel like you're dying. I'm not gonna get too deep into the science of why, but it has to do with high levels of CO2 reacting with your amygdala, which is a, one of the oldest software parts of your brain. And essentially what's going on is your brain thinks it's suffocating. And then you internalize that and recognize that consciously as the world is ending because your body actually thinks it is. It thinks it's suffocating. All that to say, when you're experiencing heavy spiraling, anxiety, panic, the best thing you can do is have a breathing practice. And you can look this up. Um, you know, there's plenty of apps for this. Just getting a breathing practice down of being able to control your inhales and control your exhales, mainly really focusing on trying to get CO2 out, get high levels of oxygen in, can start to pull you back and away from that spiraling or that anxiety attack or that panic attack you're having and bring you back to the point where you can go back to those other intervention steps I talked about. So if you ever find yourself spiraling heavy, get a breathing practice, look it up, get an app, whatever it might be. And if you are somebody that's really prone to anxiety, 
I recommend having a breathing practice every single day can help you a lot with your anxiety. Use that breathing practice to bring you back to where you feel maybe not calm, but you feel at least like, okay, I'm back in control. I don't feel out of control anymore. And then go for a walk, meditate, journal, do something that brings you out of your head, right? And try to work with a thing. So I did this this past week, right? I took the action. It wasn't completely resolved because it couldn't be till the next day. I went for a walk. I meditated. I journaled. I got a good night's sleep, right? It wasn't perfect, but it was a lot better than it would have been just a year or two ago. I woke up the next day, finished, resolved the thing that was causing me anxiety, and literally it was like it never happened. Now, everything was hunky-dory. That was me snapping, by the way. <laughs> um, and it was ready to move on, right? So use this if you everybody right now is is prone to anxiety and you might actually be have clinical anxiety and if that's the case hopefully you know you're working with a professional on that and if you're not using some of these tools maybe see if it can't help right um i'm not a professional i'm not giving any prescriptions for anybody that has anything diagnosed but can't help or can't hurt right can't help um but yeah that that helped me a lot my anxiety went completely away and that was that I think one of the biggest things to take away from this though is like the framing of anxiety. It's such, we always put such a negative to it and understandably because it makes us feel highly uncomfortable but realize all it really is is your brain trying to take care of you. It's trying to say, hey, there's this thing that you don't want to take action on. Take action on it. Do something. There's something that can be done here and if you intervene and you're able to get to a spot where you can take action, that is going to be your best bet. Take action towards the thing that's causing you anxiety, right? Do that, use some of these intervention tools and see if that doesn't help, okay? So this week, I would say homework, right? Some goals is one, do you even know how anxiety feels for you and your body? If you don't, next time, right, you're like, oh, this is probably causing me anxiety, try to really tune in, how's my body feel right now? Is there a pit in my stomach? Is there no way I could eat? Am I feeling on edge, right? Am I feeling pins and needles? Whatever it might be. How does it feel? Once you recognize that, are you in a place to intervene? If you are, use some of the tools we talked about or maybe come up with your own. Are you able to take action? If so, even if it's uncomfortable, take some action. Even if it's a small step, see if that makes it better. And then from there, if you've gotten into spiraling and you're really catastrophizing, you just feel immobilized by this anxiety, get a breathing practice, look up a breathing practice for anxiety, Get an app, whatever it might be. Do the breathing practice, even if you've got to do it a couple times. Bring yourself back into control and then try to institute some of those intervention methods. Okay, so that's kind of your homework for the week. Again, we'll meet here for the midweek meditation. Hopefully help with uh, bringing up something that maybe has caused you anxiety in the past or is currently causing you anxiety. And we're going to use that meditation to help you work through it a little bit. Um, so. If you're thinking of something right now, maybe bring that Wednesday, bring that into the practice Wednesday if there's something that's really causing you anxiety these days. And we're gonna try to use that meditation to help you work through it. Uh, and then maybe hopefully from that meditation, journal right after and, and see if it doesn't help resolve some of that anxiety for you. So hope this gives you a better understanding of anxiety, how it can actually be something seen as your brain's trying to help you, give you some tools to work on it, help you understand what's going on there and um, yeah, hopefully you're able to go attack some of your anxieties this week and, and get better at working with them.
as opposed to against them. Go have a great week, guys. Thanks for listening, and uh, I'll see you next time.